Welcome to Everything In Between, the health and wellness podcast that believes that health is so much more than just what we eat and how we move our bodies. It's everything in between. I'm Raquel Robello, a clinical nutritionist, the face behind Radical, and your host. I think this is working. I think I'm doing this right. I... I cannot believe that episode one is here. I can't believe I'm doing this and it's been so long in the making. So I am just genuinely so grateful to be sitting down with you and have this privilege to be able to communicate thoughts and ideas and yeah, grow together. But before I go on, I I do want to get one thing straight, right? And It's incredibly important to me to not contribute to the obnoxious amount of noise that just currently saturates our social media feeds, podcast feeds, radios, news, whatever it may be, right? I feel that everyone has a podcast these days and everyone has their own particularly important, quote, groundbreaking opinion to share. And that's all good and well, but I I do feel it's important that the value I give is actually different, that it's helpful, that it's insightful, that it's inspiring, whatever it may be for you, right? I'm not throwing shade at other podcasts or anything of that matter, but what I am trying to say that there is a profound amount of noise out there. And I just hope that my voice can be used wisely and that my words have meaning and actual impact. And so in light of this, why have I decided to start a health and well-being podcast? Well, to put it bluntly, I just feel like 99% of the nutrition podcasts out there are incredibly reductionist. They're very black and white. They're one-sided. They're opinionated. You're either camp A or B, vegan or carnivore. And I'm just kind of exhausted What I feel is missing from this space is those open, non-judgmental conversations about health and yes, of course, nutrition, but everything else in between, not being so reductionist, but just focusing on one piece of the puzzle. And please don't get me wrong, I'm by no means um, against educational nutrition podcasts. If anything, there are a few a handful actually that are incredible and that I personally listen to and love and have supported for years. But in terms of inspiring and empowering you to make tangible and practical change, I just, I felt like this space was limited. And when I spoke to my Instagram followers about potentially maybe starting a podcast, they all agreed that it's, it's time for a change. So despite this, why is everything in between this podcast any different, right? And it's in the name. I've kind of alluded to it before, but I'm the first to preach about the importance of movement and how much of a genuine, powerful effect good nutrition has on us, right? But it is not just that. If anything, it's everything else in between. And so I just, I wanted to create that space where we could talk about all facets that contribute to good health, because I believe personally that that is where true radiance and vibrance comes from. And as a side note, I also felt that the current social media platforms that I use, so, you know, Instagram and TikTok in its nature they're quite limited. It's really difficult to build a relationship with you and have vulnerable and open conversations where I can share more of my insight 
And there is just only so much that you can say in a three minute TikTok video or an Instagram story. So here we are. It's been a long time in the making. It's been something that I knew I was always going to do. It was more so just the when that I wasn't sure about, but now's the time. It feels aligned that now is the time. Anyway, now that we've got that out of the way, let's get on to today's topic. I thought it would be fitting to start off with telling you a bit about my story, where Radical, my brand came from, and I'm going to say this a lot, but everything in between with how I got to where I am today when I started my health journey. So I think that's probably a good place to start is in terms of Radical, which I'm assuming a lot of you would know me from. That's how I'm known in this space. So Maybe we'll start with why it's named that and what it is I actually do and how Radical is different to this podcast, but in the same breath, so incredibly aligned. So when I was 18, Radical was born. I was in my first year out of school and I was quite lost. Um, If I'm being honest, very sad, very lonely. And physically, I was very, very sick, which not a lot of people actually know about. Um, and so I I needed a creative outlet during that time, something to inspire me, something to give me purpose throughout the day and something to nourish my soul. And that's where Radical was born, really. I started a Instagram account, which quite literally was my visual health diary. And I'd share, you know, what I was making for breakfast, um, a particular plant-based food that I was trying for the first time, my journey with experimenting with more plant-based recipes and just documenting my health journey and everything in between. Um, But I'm getting ahead of myself, I think. Let's backtrack a little bit and give you some context. Um, So growing up, I was your typical type A oldest child, high achieving, very much so a perfectionist sort of kid. I was that person that always gave 110% to everything, even when it wasn't required. And if I'm being honest, that part hasn't really changed. I was also incredibly, I'd say I was, I was very healthy growing up. I, I hardly got sick, but that That all really kind of changed when I was 15. Um, So I think I was in year nine and I got glandular fever and I nearly took off an entire term, which if you're not from Australia is around 10 weeks, right? Like a 10 week semester. I had lost a terrible amount of weight from that. I was very frail and yeah, I was just, I was, I was really sick and that is where everything turned because that sparked recurrent tonsillitis where I would religiously get tonsillitis every three to four weeks without fail. And of course, the idea was to get my tonsils removed, but being the high achieving, very strict and rigid child or kid that I was, the thought of missing school was just not an option. So we had always kind of put it off for either the summer holidays or when I had finished year 12. And what this meant was chronic antibiotic usage. Now you do the maths. I was on a minimum, I'd say 
on antibiotics 10 times a year. And having the clinical knowledge that I have now, I know that this sparked the trajectory for my health to seriously decline. The first was acne and I'm going to do an entire episode, if not two episodes on my journey with acne, because that is still something that I currently have to deal with by no means in the same depth, but it is something that is still a health um, focus of mine. But in my younger years, I did struggle with terrible acne. And that was something that truly challenged me physically and mentally. But because of that, I was prescribed more antibiotics. And this time it was more so like a longer prescriptive one, one where you take it for a few months at a time. And that, of course, just added to the insane load of antibiotics that I was already taking for tonsillitis. Again, having the clinical knowledge that I now have, I know that the effect that this had on my gut microbiome was unmatched. Uh, For a girl who grew up relatively very healthy, not only did I now have this recurrent tonsillitis every couple of weeks, but two, the acne, which was complemented lovely with the gut issues of, you know, constipation, abdominal swelling, bloating, cramping, you name it. And like I said, because I was that type A perfectionistic, very studious gal, um, these Whilst these issues were prevalent, it is honestly shocking to look back on because whilst they were prevalent, it really wasn't that huge of a deal or I should say a huge priority for me back then. Um, Where things really changed, where I was forced to acknowledge these uh, health struggles was um, in my final year of school. So in the lead up to my final exams, I was studying minimum 10 to 12 hours a day straight. And I think that the stress of that period not only exacerbated my symptoms, but it sparked the chronic fatigue that I would have to deal with for the next two or so years. And I remember sleeping after school for an hour or two before having to start studying. I'd sleep into the very last minute before I'd had to get ready for school. Sometimes I would sleep in the library at lunchtime. You know, like it was a joke that I'd always be sleeping when I needed or had the chance. But despite that, it still wasn't really a red flag at the time. I think everyone just assumed that, you know, it was the stress of year 12, anxiety, overwhelm, etc, etc, etc. Like it wasn't looked as if it was something serious. It was only when that high of, you know, final exams, graduation, you know, all the festivities that surround that, it was only when that was over and that high had ended that I truly crashed. And I was sleeping 14 to 16 hours a day, or at least sleeping 12 hours and being in bed, let's say for minimum 16 hours a day. I'd wake up exhausted. I hardly had energy to even walk downstairs or upstairs, let alone exercise. And mind you, my lifestyle was very different back then. So despite growing up active with dancing, which side note, I loved, I loved the arts. I had spent the entirety of year 12 incredibly sedentary. We ate a standard Western diet, meaning, you know, eggs, meat, chicken, dairy, all of that. And everything was homemade, you know, everything was healthy, but it was nonetheless a standard Western diet that is very different to what I eat now and also just the lifestyle that I practice now as well. So fast forward to 18 and you can see how 
the chronic fatigue aspect was genuinely debilitating. I think I went partying and clubbing and all that normal 18-year-old stuff for maybe three or four months, but I was just a firstly incredibly over it by then it just didn't really align with my values and I knew that I was not being authentic but two and I think this is what really made me stop was that I I genuinely just couldn't keep up I was exhausted all the time and um, you can imagine how isolating that is because not only was there nothing clinically wrong meaning my bloods reflected you know iron and b12 thyroid hormones everything else in between everything was fine but two the diagnosis of chronic fatigue is genuinely very wishy-washy and you know you tell your friends that you have or you're struggling with chronic fatigue and you know people think what like oh so you're just you're just really tired and you sleep a lot but it is genuinely so much more than that so yeah it was a complete physical entrapment where I just I had no energy to do anything. And like I said, um, there's no real clinical diagnosis. So naturally, that makes it very difficult to have any true idea of what you're working with. And I had seen countless doctors, specialists, endocrinologists, dietitians. No one could tell me why I felt the way I did. I was tested for rheumatoid arthritis because... You've got no energy in your body, but too, like you ache. It's as if your joints are sore. I was tested for celiac disease. I was told to go on antidepressants because perhaps it was depression. But the issue was, right, I was depressed because I couldn't get out of bed and do what a normal 18-year-old does. I wasn't not getting out of bed because I was depressed. Does that make sense? It was my environment and my circumstance that made me feel sad and isolated and depressed. And naturally, I lost a lot of friends um, because, mind you, there was nothing... (laughs) There was nothing that I could really explain for in terms of my sudden stopping of going out and isolation. Um, So you get the picture. You're probably wondering, so what did you do? How did you get better? You obviously don't struggle from chronic fatigue now. What was that journey like? And that is genuinely a whole can of worms that would take a minimum 45 minutes for me to talk about. So if you are interested in my experience in more detail and what my journey was particularly with that, let me know and I'll consider doing a whole episode on it. But to come back to where it all began for me in terms of who I am, uh, where Radical came and how Radical was part of that healing journey. Yeah, I think that was definitely the catalyst. Naturally, being in bed all day, right? You just watch a ton of YouTube. And mind you, TikTok wasn't a thing back then. So really, Instagram was for sharing photos and YouTube was where you consumed your video content. And somehow, somewhere... I stumbled upon the health slash vegan YouTuber era of, you know, their lifestyle, what they ate and that sort of thing. We will do a whole deep dive in next week's episode in terms of that chapter of veganism and everything that encapsulates that. But um, for now, just know that I was incredibly inspired. And for the first time in a long time, I felt something Seeing these beautiful, radiant, vibrant girls share, you know, what they ate and what they perceived as a healthy diet truly did inspire me. And as toxic and not evidence-based and on reflection, utterly disordered, 
their channels were. Again, I'm going to discuss that in great depth next week on next week's episode. Despite all of that, it truly was a outlet for me and it really it really did inspire me. And so for that, you know, I take it at face value that I am grateful for somehow somewhere stumbling across these channels on YouTube. It really was that one thing that actually got me out of bed um, in terms of, okay, let's make a nourishing breakfast and let's focus on healing. And naturally through that, I became very interested in veganism and plant-based nutrition. And so that gave me the oomph, let's say, to try going vegan. And again, I'm going to talk about my vegan journey in particular uh, on next week's episode. But again, to give you context, I did come from a standard Western diet and overnight really went uh, plant-based. And that's where the name Radical comes from. And you've probably put the pieces together already that Radical is a spin-off my name, Raquel, but there is also actual meaning behind it, right? So at the time it was 2016 and plant-based living, veganism, and everything that encapsulates that was not a particular thing. Okay. Mind you, yes, it was definitely on the rise. It was definitely increasing in popularity, but it was by no means accepted or fashionable or cool to do. None of my friends believed me when I told them that I wasn't going to eat meat anymore. A lot of them thought it was a phase and I don't actually blame them to be honest, because it's, it's a time in our life where we are de-individuated for the first time in a long time. And so naturally everyone's dabbling in new things, trying to find themselves as cliche and cringy as it is to say. But yeah, um, mind you as well, my parents are South African and my dad is Portuguese. Okay, so they were not overly pleased because meat was and is a huge part of my family's diet. So I think for them and for my family friends, it was just to put it bluntly, really odd, jarring and nonsensical for me to want to eat a vegan slash plant-based diet. It was in fact seen as radical, right? If you Google the meaning of radical, which I'm going to do right now. Okay. Radical means relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something or to advocating or based on thorough or complete political or social change, representing or supporting an extreme or progressive section of a political party. In a lot of ways, uh, changing my diet and subsequently my lifestyle was truly seen as radical at the time, but also within my family and social context. I actually remember telling my mom uh, the idea for the Instagram and saying, I'm going to call it Radical because it's not only a self-expression and a diary of my health journey and my radical self-transformation, but it also speaks to the need for radical change in our society, whether it was our health, the environment and animal ethics. Now, at the time, I was actually studying film and journalism, right? Because firstly, I am objectively speaking, I would like to think I'm a good writer. I mean, I got a top score in English. So that was kind of the natural trajectory for me to go into something that had to do with writing. Um, But I did also love expressing myself and just being creative. 
And growing up, I mentioned that um, dance and drama were a huge part of my life and identity. But that was soon replaced in my teen years by photography and making videos with my siblings and that sort of thing. We'd always make iMovies and movie trailers and, uh, you know, stop motion videos, music videos. My sister and I would always be making up dances. So it wasn't that far-fetched to be studying a creative arts degree. And in my case, it was screen production and journalism. But um, it was only really in my third year of studying it, right, which is the final year, where you start applying for jobs, you create a LinkedIn account, all those kind of things, where I just realized I wasn't willing to die for the profession. And I realized that my passion for health, particularly for nutrition, was just unmatched. And at the time, you know, my Instagram was solely just that visual diary of my health journey, but I felt the desire to educate and empower others with credibility. And I knew that I had to study for that. I knew that I was willing to die for it. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to study nutrition. And in fact, the skills of film and journalism, right, would be the very thing I need for Radical in the future in terms of online social media presence, building community and that sort of thing. So no joke, I'm not kidding. I graduated or finished my last exam for screen production and journalism in July. And I had started the clinical nutrition degree, the Bachelor of Health Science degree, sorry, not even a week later. And the jump from arts to science was definitely an adjustment. But I think when you're so passionate about something, you, like I said, you're willing to die for it. And I I was willing to do anything. And so three years later and a pandemic later, I graduated from my nutrition degree and I spent the last 15 months really taking Radical to the next level, stepping into my purpose and genuinely becoming the person that I wish I had when I was sick and misunderstood, lost and purposeless. Now I said that health is everything in between and it is, but please don't take that the wrong way and think that I'm saying that nutrition doesn't matter because it really truly does and it has the potential to seriously change your life. When you know the medicinal power of plants and the efficacy of how your diet can truly change every aspect of both physical and mental health, you'll understand why I am just so infinitely passionate about plant-based nutrition. I actually very excitingly uh, recently launched the Radical online platform, which is a subscription that is your go-to guide for plant-based nutrition. I, I wanted to create something that would take you from A to Z on your plant-based journey because there is a ton, if not an overwhelming amount of evidence-based podcasts in this field, right? There are blogs, Instagram accounts, TikTok, you name it. But that doesn't actually give you the how. It doesn't take you on the journey of piecing together A to Z, regardless of where you're at, right? And that in itself is incredibly overwhelming. It's confusing. It's scary. And it has the potential to be very unhealthy if you don't do it properly. Take it from me, someone who did it themselves with absolutely no clinical knowledge, 
nearly eight years ago, right? But it doesn't have to be confusing. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. And that's why I made this online platform because I I wanted to create the very thing that I wish existed back then and actually now as well to just make nutrition and health infinitely easier without the guesswork. So in the memberships online platform, you get access to over 80 based training sessions, which are short, they're bite-sized, they're three to five minute videos on an array of topics within plant-based nutrition. They're evidence-based, which means it's based on the highest quality of studies rather than opinion. And they're here to give you that basic understanding of plant-based nutrition without any fluff. The videos also come with these beautiful infographics, if I say so myself, and they just, they work to condense the large body of evidence into simple, digestible, easy terms for you to understand so that you can know the why behind what you're doing. And to take that even further, I also give monthly seven-day meal plans. I'm not just talking about recipe inspiration. I'm talking about a fully comprehensive yet flexible and adaptable guide that is not only going to be delicious and be filled with obviously whole foods and soul foods, but two, it's nutrient dense, which means that you're going to reach every single nutrient requirement, which is nearly impossible to do when you freely eyeball it. Any diet is. The meal guides are there to not only give you that recipe inspiration, which are exclusive recipes with shopping lists and nutritional panels, food journals, you name it, but it's also there to give you that assurance that you need to reach at least average nutrient requirements for a female on a plant-based diet. And on that note, I also wanted to have the opportunity, right, to actually talk to you live about plant-based nutrition because yes, health is everything in between. But like I said, nutrition is incredibly important. It is a big player in the game. So within the online platform, we do live fortnightly training sessions on specific plant-based nutrition topics with the opportunity for that live Q&A. However, I also wanted resources for plant-based nutrition for those who may not either feel the need for a comprehensive A to Z subscription-based platform, but more so just need inspo. So to give you context, if you don't follow me on social media, right, I predominantly share healthy recipes, uh, lifestyle content, but on a daily basis, I will be asked about the recipes nutritional panel, meaning the calories, the macros, that sort of thing, because I don't share that. But I'll also be asked about meal plans, whether I provide that and so on. So I wanted to create both recipe ebooks that would allow you to be introduced to more inspiration for recipes on a plant-based diet, but also a three-week plant-based meal guide, which is kind of like your taste test into plant-based nutrition, but done so that it is fully comprehensible in terms of reaching your nutrient requirements and that sort of thing. So I also created that in the last year and a half and recently just launched those recipe ebooks and that three-week plant-based meal guide. But that's where the story of Radical came from, a little bit about me, my health journey, which yes, like I said, we will dive a little bit more into as the episodes go on. Like I mentioned, next week is going to be a juicy one. We are going to discuss a very nuanced and 
touchy subject of why I don't call myself vegan despite eating a 100% plant exclusive diet, Um, my journey with that and my honest hard thoughts. If you made it this far, I am deeply appreciative and incredibly grateful And I thank you so much. If you found this enjoyable, I ask that you just send it to a friend who would find it of value. I'd also appreciate if you could follow it on the platform that you are currently listening to this on. Give me a review if you liked it. I would be incredibly grateful. But for now, I post content every other day of the week and you can find me both on TikTok and Instagram at Radical. That's R-A-D-I-Q-U-E-L. But for now... Don't forget to embrace everything in between and I'll be back in your ears next Monday.